This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we welcome in the Heartbreak Kid, uh, Brendan Nunez of the King's Beat Podcast yeah. and the King's Pulse Podcast uh, as well. Always great to have Brendan in here. Uh, B, I want to start with something specific. You uh, asked Trey Lyles a really good question last night about uh, coaching. And there there seems to be this like clear emphasis on rebounding that a lot of guys brought up yesterday. I know Keegan Murray uh, brought it up today. What were your what was your 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 takeaway from that brief conversation with uh, Trey Lyles last night? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Always oh, always happy to join y'all. Um, Trey's been rebounding the ball like crazy recently, and it seems to be like there was at some point a flip that switched where he just decided that he was going to do that more consistently. You know, it seemed like an effort thing. It seemed like there was some change. Um, over the last 10 games, he's second on the team in rebounding. Obviously, Domas far and away number one, 12.7, but second is Trey with six a game, and he's playing 18 minutes a night. Um, so I kind of asked him if there was any sort of moment that did click for him where he should try to do that more often or if it was coached up for him at all. And he said that Coach Mike Brown called him out in front of the team that uh, he should be a better defensive rebounder. And that's exactly what we've seen happening. And then asked Coach about it when Coach came out afterwards. And he said that, you know, Trey's always been a really good offensive rebounder. And if you could put all that effort in to go rebound offensively, I need you to keep that same energy on the defensive end. Trey's been doing that. I I think that he was phenomenal last night, obviously, 15 and 6 in that fourth quarter alone. Um, But he's been been big for them recently. And I think – him emerging, if he can kind of keep a consistent role, would be big for this team because there's been stretches where there's really only seven guys it feels like you feels like you can rely on, and then that eighth one is kind of up in the air between TD, Trey, KZ, and and some other guys they've played with. But if if Trey can continue to solidify himself and and play like he's been recently, I, I think that just helps the depth of this team even more. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, especially when you get in a situation where, and we saw it a little bit in the last couple of games where they're playing him and Metsu out there. I mean, that just spreads the floor like crazy. That's going to get some – they're going to get a wide-open shot, it seems, every time on the offensive end with guys that can spread the floor like that. you got to worry about what happens on the defensive end. But it seems like uh, Mike Brown has just made it clear the emphasis for what he wants these guys off the bench to be able to do to be able to get consistent minutes is rebound. You know, everybody – Terrence Davis was out there rebounding. Metsu came back and rebounded. Trey Lyles. Do you see the same thing as, like, that is – I don't want to rank it, like, number one priority, but that's very high on the list of priorities for Mike Brown to see consistent minutes is the rebound. For sure. These last two defense player of the game chains, Trey Lyles and then Shemezi Metsu, one of the things they mentioned when kind of explaining that is defensive rebounding. And I, I think it's just putting a period on a possession. You know, like, Domas is really good positionally. I think he's impressed me. Uh, more than what I would have expected defensively, given his 
you know, a little bit smaller size for traditional centers. He doesn't have the length to typically block shots, but he, he's there in the right spot. But the best thing he does defensively is probably just rebound. Because if you're going to be a team that's bottom 10 in defensive rating, you certainly don't want to have to try to defend two different possessions on one trip down the floor mm. by letting a team get an opposing offensive rebound. So that's something that they've been really good at throughout the course of this year. I haven't checked throughout the last couple of games, but not long ago, they were the best team in the league in defensive rebounding percentage. So I, I think it's just all about putting that period on a defensive possession. If you're going to have one of your successful runs on that end and actually can get a stop, you got to make sure to end it that way. So mm. there's definitely a big emphasis on doing that. Along the same lines, you and I talked pretty extensively Saturday night about Mike Brown's uh, remarks about Keegan Murray, his very public remarks about Keegan Murray not getting any rebounds. And since then, uh, Keegan has responded. And it seems Mike is just yeah, – I think Keegan's the only guy he, he did it publicly to. But it seems uh, Mike is just challenging these guys just across the board uh, to do – simple things better and obviously in these guys case it's rebounding and it's things they're more than capable of doing mm -hmm. you know it, it's not like these are big asks it's hey just put a little bit more effort and make sure this is at the front of your mind that you're boxing a guy out and making sure you're going and securing that like Keegan was a really good rebounder throughout the course of college we haven't really seen that much in the NBA I think the it looks like to me that the physicality has kind of been an adjustment and you see that most glaringly with his finishing right coach has gotten on him about just dunk it on someone like what's with all this double clutching and everything. It looks like he's just kind of overthinking the finishing a little bit. And to me, that has to do with the physicality that also somewhat translates to the rebounding, but HB has had some underwhelming nights rebounding. I, I thought it's kind of surprising. Like coach did mention HB after he had called out Keegan, but I think the HB has been on a similar level rebounding with Keegan. Um, but there's improvement after he got zero coach said he went up to him. He told us about this yesterday in post game. He went up to him the game after I was like, Hey Keegan, how many rebounds you get? And coach said he was about to get on him about only getting four, but Keegan's response was more than zero. And coach was like, well, I can't say anything from there. And then he got six tonight uh, or six last night. So a little bit of improvement here and there Coach is hoping he can get five, six a night from Keegan. I'm sure you would hope the same for HB. And then you got the best rebounder in the league in Domas. So I think it's just about doing all of these little things. Like you're not asking a lot, but if you can make sure to clean up all of these details, win the margins, win the possession battle, that that's how you can try to scrape away with as many games as possible. Yeah. I, I look at, sometimes I look at the, the rebounding situation and I wonder if the fact that you have the leading rebounder in the game playing alongside of you he gobbles up some of the rebounds that maybe might be there for you but Keegan Murray showed last night and others have showed hey you can still get five six rebounds if you just kind of stay locked in on it and keep that focus for sure and I, I think that cleaning up the possessions prior to that is the next focus here like making sure that you don't have to do it twice is why the defensive rebound is so important but just Cleaning up their defense is for sure where this team, I, I think the the X factor on how far they're going to go because we all know what they are offensively. One of the best offenses in the league. There's more nights than I expected, to be honest, where they're not shooting the ball great, but they're still one of the best offenses in the league. This team is going to go as far as their defense can take them. Mm -hmm. And there's some nights where that looks like it could be you're giving somebody a tough time in the first round. There's other nights where I'm like, shoot, what is what does a playing game look like? <laughs> What what do you how do you feel about like last night's game for example and that you know you're you know 
it's one of those, it's a 10-win team that you're playing. The Kings kind of got you on the edge of your seat for three quarters, and then, you know, the the, the fourth quarter winds up going uh, the way that it goes. They did ramp up their defensive intensity. They scored 41 points in the process, which didn't hurt, but you could see some changes on on defense. What do you, like, what's your feeling on kind of the, the switch flipping? Like, they're not going to play defense for 48 minutes, uh, I'd argue, you know, we were talking about this a minute ago. I did argue, Kenny and I did, that they, they did flip the switch against the Lakers. They just flipped it way too late. Hmm. And they had they had to use all that energy to fight themselves back into the game. What do you think about these, like, spurts of defense that they've been playing? It's definitely frustrating. And I think that Mike Brown would say the same and is, has kind of expressed the same that, like, if anything, you're showing that you are capable of being a good defensive team. So why not do it consistently? Like, I think it's unrealistic to expect anybody to do anything for 48 minutes, right? Sometimes you're going to have ups and downs, but give me 35, right? Not not half the game. And I think just locking in a little bit more often to the point where if you do that in the third quarter, then you get to relax a little in the fourth and not completely take your foot off the gas um, and relax to the point where you're letting them get back in it or anything. But you could kind of let the reserves try to take care of that a little bit. So it was frustrating, but... You can't help but feel at very least satisfied that you came away with a win, especially after that closing quarter. I mean, outscoring them 41 to 20 is really impressive. And I think that they did a solid job protecting the rim. You know, Houston, especially in that second, third quarter, we're hitting a lot of threes. And I think it's guys that you're okay with shooting threes, like KJ Martin uh, was hitting them. I think Jalen Green was really getting a lot of shots up. So when some of his threes start to go down, you don't want to overreact too much. Mm -hmm. And they clearly are okay with giving up threes, specifically in this matchup, because Houston's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, as long as they're protecting the paint. So there was some aspect of Houston was just hitting shots that they were okay with giving up, but you definitely need to see it more consistent. Like, I don't know that I had any big takeaways from yesterday's game, you know, still kind of walking away with the same concerns, but also, you know, that those same strengths still exist. Hey, what did you think about uh, Terrence Davis starting in place of Kevin Herter, who was out with a non COVID illness yesterday? Are you surprised they, they kind of went that direction? I know the common thought is um, they want to keep Malik coming off the bench, but I mean, Terrence Davis can't even, getting your rotation and now he's going to be starting playing 19 minutes are you surprised it's pretty on that? brand for mike brown though <laughs> it <laughs> is true are you surprised you went that route or like you said is it on brand and that's just how things go i think it's surprising um just from like outsider point of view right but to your guys's point like this is on brand you know like knowing how mike brand has dealt with this situation in the past and knowing that he likes to keep Malik coming off the bench, that like that he said before, that's a luxury. And Mike doesn't really care who starts. I think he's trying to just sort of keep his rotations, but he makes it very clear he doesn't really care that much about starters. It's about who's closing games and halves. And he was like, if TD's not going to be that guy, then then Malik will be the one in there. So I, I don't think that he puts too much stock into that. And I think it's just trying to keep some continuity with that second unit. He could keep his rotations for the most part, the same. If he takes somebody that's just kind of on the edge of it and, and puts them in the starting lineup. Right. Um, it, it is a different way to go about things. And I feel like I've seen other coaches do it, but this isn't the first time we saw uh, coach Brown do it. So I was kind of expecting TD to slot in and I, I thought he did. Okay. He still had a couple of his like erratic moments that I think TD is just going to have, but filled his role in, in the minutes that they needed him to, I felt like. Yeah, I thought he corrected him pretty quick. I th- and I think that's actually one of the great attributes about 
Terrence Davis is he's going to have those moments and they're usually on the defensive end uh, but he can be corrected pretty quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's going to bust his ass out there I actually did think as much as I love Terrence Davis and I didn't think about it till James brought it up I thought when they might go Davion I thought they might put Davion in that and and James mentioned why like it's a fast team they're 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 young they're probably going to run the entire game I was like yeah that actually makes sense. And I was happy. Again, it's, it, was, it was almost like a vote of confidence. Like, hey, things are tough right now, but I believe you can be better. I believe there are things you can do better. Where without one of our key pieces tonight, we expect you to step in and fill that role. And I think that's one of the great – we talk about Mike Brown pressing the right buttons. And maybe he's had a couple of missteps along the way, but he's, he's kept this team – this seems to be a really tight-knit team. He has kept them all – tight and close yeah. together yeah yeah absolutely and he just speaks to the importance of like even guys that maybe have been outside of the rotation and he hasn't loved the things that he's seen from them and excuse me their recent opportunities during games that you, you got to get them in there every once in a while just to keep people engaged throughout yeah. the course of practice it's a long season and i think the chemistry among this group the communication seemingly from what we could tell between the coaching staff and the players i think terrence davis is one of the best examples uh, just how coachable he is and willing to hear that, knowing it's coming from a good place with Coach Brown, rest of the coaching staff. What we've seen with Trey Lyles, Trey was one of the guys I thought that maybe could slot into that starting lineup, but obviously went with TD. Trey was the one that ended up closing that game, though. Um, so, yeah, for sure. I think that the coaching staff has done a great job like making a connection with these players, and you can really feel like th- this feels like a team. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but last year it felt like guys showing up to play together. Yeah. And this feels like a team. Yeah. And and part of that is is uh guys like Chemezi Metu and his return back to the lineup. Do you think that how did you let me ask you, how did you feel about that? Like when he fell out of the rotation and they went to Holmes and Kata and everything, did you did you was that like, uh, oh, well, that's probably what was expected? Or were you kinda like myself where I was like, I don't know why that happened they need to get Metsu back in there. And, you know, he comes back and he plays well in his first two games back in the rotation. How did you see that when he was out of the rotation? And do you think everything is kind of getting back to um, possibly getting back to how it was at the beginning of the season with somebody like him in the rotation? I think when he fell out, I kind of understood. Um, the, the whole issue there is like, what is the better option, right? And we came to realize that there really isn't one. But I think Mezzi does have his shortcomings. Like, he he was good in that. Was it was it the Lakers game prior to this Rockets one? They mm-hmm. they get a little jumbled up for me. Five but for five. In this Rockets baby. one. Yeah. There you go. In, in this Rockets one though, the it was you you like saw that. some of the shortcomings of Metu in my mind. He played eight minutes and had four fouls. And mm-hmm. fouls is a big thing that coaches highlighted for this backup five that you can't be racking up fouls and getting the other team even closer to the bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so after his defense player of the game performance, and then you come out and have this one. Like I, I think that that's kind of where. Metsu leaves a little bit more to be desired, but when it comes down to it, like he has a strength that this roster is good at using. I think that him and Malik Monk have a good chemistry in that second unit. Mm-hmm. I think the vertical spacing that Mezzi provides and, and you're allowed to get out and transition a little bit more because Metsu playing at the five means you're a little bit smaller, but you got more speed and athleticism. So I thought I, I understood a little bit why he fell out of the rotation, but it definitely became clear after trying homes trying Kata, you even tried Len a little bit, that Metsu had been your best option, and it was time to go back to it. 
I jumped out of my chair when Casey Akpala shot a three last night. <laughs> he shot two of them, but one of them was so – it was just like one of those moments where he caught it and no one's around him. Yeah. And, like, the anticipation in the crowd built. Like, is he really going to shoot this three? And he shot it. He he made one, yeah. that, but the one I'm talking about, he missed. It, it's funny you say that because there was a time in the fourth quarter when Malik Monk had the ball, and it was kind of a – they got the Rockets in a scramble situation. He had the ball – and he pump faked, went baseline, came back towards the middle, and the next pass will be, oh, KZ's open. And he went and was about to make that pass. Oh, that's KZ. Cross court to Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. After he made the first, the second one was like he was feeling himself a little bit. <laughs> heat check. Right. <laughs> it is a heat check. Hey, we have uh, Domas pegged at sixty straight double doubles. Yeah. You want you Locking want in, in on this? That's that's one Whew. for the rest of the season. He'll we we've determined it's not the, the actual record uh, isn't fifty three. Kevin Love has fifty three and fifty three straight double doubles in the two thousand ten two thousand eleven season. The real record is some absurd crap from it's Wilt like Chamberlain, sixty seven or something. We've decided it's Kevin Love, and 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 Domas should go break the modern double double record. And it, like we would, I would just one, I would be shocked if he doesn't get a double double every night, and just stunningly surprised because it feels like in most games he's at minimum halfway there by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, his stat lines at the end of the first always blow my mind. Like it's like nine, six, and five right. at the end of every first quarter. And I'm like, what is this? And it's just so casual for this guy. Thirty one double doubles on the year in thirty nine games played. Mm. Um leading rebounder in the league, unless that's changed as of recently, but I believe he's still there. Yeah. Um the points are gonna be there. He was one assist short of a triple double last night. James has has better numbers, uh, but there's been a lot of nights tonight where he's or nights throughout the course of this year that he's gotten real close to a triple double, but not quite gotten it. Mm-hmm. Maybe could have kept him in there for a little while longer to let him get that one more. But I mean, he just does it consistently, man. And it it looks so casual. You know, I think some of the guys have said this, uh, some of the guys on the coaching staff and on the roster as well, is that like you just expect it at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a sign of a great player, right? Is just how consistently you can do it. And he does it every single night. And it's just you you almost become used to it. And that's just everything that you could ask for. He's so consistent on the offensive end. He gets it done defensively. The only way he doesn't get a triple-double is if he gets in foul trouble or a double-double is if he gets in foul trouble. And we've seen that happening less um, outside of a few games here and there as the year has gone on. So, I mean, he he's everything that, that you could have hoped for. Hey, uh, he's better than I thought he was. Like I already and I already thought he was good. I already recognized him as an all-star player, and he is better than I anticipated him being. And it also coincides with, you know, his age. Like he's twenty-six years old. Like this is he's entering the prime of his career, and he's playing the best basketball I think he's ever played in his career. Hundred percent should be an all-star. Yeah. If he's not an all-star, I don't really know what we're doing. Right. It's been a, a a discussion in the chatty house. Can you clear this up, Brandon? Who's the cutout uh, behind you? That's Buddy. <laughs> it's Jam- it? No, it's Jamias oh, Ramsey. Yeah. I think Kenny thought it was Buddy last time too. No, I did. It was it was me, <laughs> okay. and that's how I knew it was Jamias, like or, or Jamias, gotcha. if you will, Jamias. Jamias. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I, I saw that was a, a, a discussion happening in the chat house. That is, in fact, not a Buddy Heald cutout behind him. It's a <laughs> Jemias Ramsey. Hey, hey, uh, Brendan, do the Kings actually get this done? Now let me tell you what I'm talking about. Post-season. They get five games over 500. <laughs> Does it happen tomorrow? Will I be playing the Jim Lampley on Monday? It happened. It happened. Well, it would be Tuesday, and oh, they would Tuesday. actually hopefully be two games uh, over that number because they play right. Sunday. Do they do it? I mean, this is they, they've been uh, allergic to getting five games over 500 for so long. I, th- I think it actually happens this time. I'm going to say they do, but I will say anytime somebody asks me how I think any game is going to go throughout the course of this year, I just always say I think they're good enough on offense to win any game, but they're bad enough on defense to lose any game. Mm. So I really know, never know how to feel going into a night. Mm. Um, they were good on that second game that they played against Denver the last time they had a homestand like this where they played a team two games in a row. They were a lot better in that second game. I think that Mike Brown has shown he's a pl- he's a coach that's really good at making adjustments mm-hmm. and the rest of the coaching staff as well. So I'm going to say yes. Um, I don't feel super confident hey, about it, though, hey, I will say. Here's here's the thing, though, Brendan, and I, I've been saying it for a long time. Me and Damian, we went over it a little bit. I, I know it does not feel comfortable to say these things. It doesn't feel comfortable because we all want them to be a better defensive team. Their superpower is their offense. They they score literally better than anybody team in any other team in the league at almost 120 points a game, and that I don't want to say that should be the focus, but hey, let's do what we do on the offensive end, because if we get to 120 like we typically do, the numbers show they're 16 and two when they score 120 points or more. When we do that, these other teams can't keep up, and I know it does not feel comfortable. I get it. I understand. I want them to play better defense too. Their superpower is what they do on offense. And I think that's how they go into these games. If they score, the odds are these other teams aren't going to be able to keep up. They've scored 135 plus in each of these last three games. They Mm -hmm. dropped one of them. Um, But I think of the 21-22 Atlanta Hawks. They were second in offensive rating, 26th in defensive rating. That team got knocked out by Miami 1-4 in the first round of the playoffs. And, like, I I think from the Kings' point of view, that's somewhat of a successful season, right? Not even somewhat. Like, if you're talking about based on what we were expecting at the beginning of the year, I would totally call that a successful season. But they have a superpower. They just have a very clear kryptonite as well that they have got to clean up because the defense, like, you really can't lose any game. And, like, if you're going into a play-in, for example, Kenny, do you feel confident that they will be able to lock in enough? Because the offense will be there, right, at, like you're saying. But do you feel confident that they'll be able to lock in enough on defense for that game? Uh, yes. The They're num- also the, not going Once to again, play-in. the number – this is all I'm going to say. The numbers bear it out. When they score, when they play a Kings game, they rarely, if ever, lose. I know it doesn't feel good. 16-2. and two. When they score 120 points or more, so that's that's 18 games. That's less, a little th- less, a little than, less half, than half the games mm-hmm. that they've gotten to 120. Which means they've won six games where they haven't. Yeah, that is uncomfortable. Yeah, which means you better. Which score. mean you got to hit your shots every night if you're a Sacramento King. Yeah, 
Okay. But Kenny that, Skinny said, yeah. yeah that's that's what they got to do. People are like, they got to do. But they, uh, they got to play defense. They got, no, they need no, to they, score. They, they do need to play defense. They do, I'm, but they need to score. This team will never win 105-109. They're not right. winning oh, those they games. They beat Cleveland once, 105-96. to <laughs> It happened once. There's is historical They're not data. winning those games. They better get up into the 120s. Great stuff as always, Brendan. Uh, you can check Brendan out on the uh, Kings Pulse podcast, the Kings Beat podcast. Doing a great job covering the Absolutely. team this year, man. It's always great to have you on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 